Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, super agile, story, story from the space man. Come well lit. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just the way I'm, I speak into voice. the microphone. It's the difference of how you talk into the microphone versus how I talk into the microphone. Yep. Or nice. eat the mic, eat the mic, eat it, eat it, eat it. Yeah, exactly. You just want to make love to the top. Yeah. The tip. I did forget it's COVID times. Black tip. How's this one now? Better? Yeah. A little I, bit. Oh, look at that. A little bit. A look little bit better. Those, look at those peaks. A lot better. Yeah. Maybe not. It's looking good. It's looking delicious. <laughs> all right so we will get this party started this late night party this is one of a few late night editions of firelight chats we are here in the space lab in daan taipei taiwan with a very special guest hanif wong hanif wong is an international superstar with a very mysterious background and we will try to uncover the mysteries of this man, this alien. He might be a man. He might mm. be an alien. Mm. And we will find out soon enough. He is drinking tea. So he is either a human or he's very good at hiding his alien roots. <laughs> Hanif Wong, welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, man. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. After that introduction, I'm just like, uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, loss of, uh, you know, speechless. Damn. You know, can't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, really. Um, international superstar. Yeah, that's definitely not, but it's all good, man. Whatever, whatever works, you know. That wasn't in the official file? It wasn't. No. Okay. Yeah, now I got to, now I feel like I got to live up to that thing. It's a lot of pressure, man. So, Hanif, where does this name come from? Your special code name, Hanif. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a Muslim name. Ooh. I guess, yeah, yeah, because you're not Muslim, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> no, it's a pretty I common, it, it, it's actually a really common Muslim name. I grew up in South Asia. I grew up in Nepal. It's a Hindu country. So whenever I said, well, my name's Hanif, they'd be like, what's that? You know, so, so again, it is not common. But in the Middle East, it's, it's fairly common. Pakistan, mm -hmm. you know, so whenever you mention Hanif, people are like, oh, you're Muslim. Yes. And you're a Pakistani. Uh, yeah, that's the second question. Are yeah. you from Pakistan? Are you from India? That's Are you like, from Bangladesh? Are you from? Yeah, I get. I right. got that too. Yeah. When they when they see the name and then they see the face and then they're like, what What is that? <laughs> Especially if they see the Wong at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it really confuses people. Yeah. They're like, yeah. They're like, what is that? You don't look Chinese. You don't. You don't definitely look Muslim. Right. You know, so what is that? Yeah, yeah, so I get that a lot, you know. Yeah, that's why I guess this alien thing comes from. <laughs> so your last name is Wong, as in King Wong. Yeah, so that actually, you know, it, it connects back to my dad. Um, so we're actually Tibetan, mm. right? Ethnically, we're Tibetan. Uh, back in the day, my dad, when he was in Tibet, you know, long story short, bunch of military people came over and then they said, you know, who's, uh, you know, what's your name? And, you know, my dad was also a Tibetan Muslim. You know, he said his Tibetan Muslim name and they're like, what is that? 
Mm. <laughs> so then they were like, okay, uh, whose land is this? And my dad was like, oh, it belongs to our family. Then they go, okay, what about the land over there? What's that? And he said, uh, you know, that also belongs to our family. And then finally the, the military was like, oh, okay, so you guys are the Wongs of this village. Whoa. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, so, so from now on, your name's Wong. Oh, really? That was it. Yeah, that's how my dad got his last name as Wong. That's it. Wow, that was in Tibet, actually. Yeah, yeah. You were crowned as the Wongs <laughs> of Tibet. Wow. Un unofficially. Yeah, right. By some military people that just showed up. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So is this in Lhasa or? No, it's actually somewhere in Qinghai. Oh. Somewhere in Qinghai. I don't know where it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. I've, I've never been there. I never asked, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. So these are deep roots. I guess so. All the way back up in Qinghai. Yeah, somewhere there. And <laughs> what happened after these military people came and crowned your father as the Wong of the region? They just disappeared into the night? And I <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much what happened. I mean, you know, then there's a big black hole about my dad's history. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, that's, that's what happened. But somehow he became Taiwanese at some point. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Yeah, that is the, the mystery here, where somehow you ended up actually from Qinghai and then Tibet, and then there's Nepal there as well. I think there's some India yes. in this story as well. Yes, yes. There's also Canada in this story. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of countries. My dad, you know, he, he was, um, it was born in like 1930s or something, passed away like um, seven years or so. But yeah, seven you know, years ago. Yeah, give okay. or take, 2015, okay. to be more precise. Yeah, so my dad, you know, his background is like, uh, grew up during the uh, Chinese rebellion period, I guess, you know. Mm. And then he was uh, somehow just, uh, you know, pulled into one of the wars and then just uh, moved on from there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mystery here. Yes, he was pulled into a war and, and then uh, somehow you guys are... Taiwanese now. S somehow we're Taiwanese. Yes, yes. exactly. Somehow. That's all we're allowed to say. That, yeah, that's that's all I can say, unfortunately. Before the microphone blows up <laughs> and we <laughs> we are whisked away. Yeah, so you have no memories of Qinghai, of Tibet at all? No, yeah, because I've never been there. I was born in Nepal, so I have no idea. Uh, I was born in Nepal. I grew up in Darjeeling, went to school there, and then I went to university in Canada, mm. and then I moved to Taiwan after. To study Chinese. A Wang who needs to study Chinese. Yep. <laughs> so what about these kind of early Nepalese years? How how long was your childhood in Nepal? And was this in Kathmandu? Yes. Yeah. In the capital city. You know, so growing up there, it felt kind of odd, uh, you know, because when you're young, everybody's like, what are you? You don't look Nepalese. And mm. it's like, uh, yeah, we're, we're Tibetan Muslim. But then, you know, the Tibetans are like, yeah, but you're not really Tibetan. You're Muslim. Yeah, I think it's a South Asian mentality. Like, I think religion defines you in mm. South Asia, maybe more so than in other regions where, you know, you might be free to, you know, people don't really care what your religious background is. But I think South Asia is quite prominent uh, in that in that regards. And people really care about, you know, what is your religion? Right. So, and then you're separated pretty quickly. Yeah, you put in that box. So yeah. You're like, oh, you're you're Hindu, you're Buddhist, you're you're Christian, and you're Muslim. That's it. Those are the four boxes. Right, exactly. And then, yeah, and every religion, then they're like, okay, in Hindu, what are you exactly? I think it's a common thing. It happens in South Asia. Not necessarily wrong. It's just what people you know, define themselves by. So that's the South Asian trait. Um, so yeah, so, you know, growing up, people were like, I was Tibetan Muslim. They're like, yeah, you're not, you're not Tibetan. Right, Nepal is majority Hindu country. Yes, yes, yes right. it is. Yeah. So what was that like growing up as a Tibetan Muslim alien in majority Hindu Nepal? 
I think, you know, growing up, it was quite confusing. Mm. But at the same time, I think because you're exposed to a lot of different religions and a lot of different thoughts. For example, right, I, I went to a Christian school. So, you know, every day we had chapel and every Sunday we have Sunday school. Um, so, yeah, you know, you asked me the hymns. I, you know, we had to read the Bible. Coming back home, I had to read the Quran. So I can read Arabic. I don't know what it says, but I can read it. And right. then, you know, I, I know the Bible, kind of. Um, <laughs> And then I have friends who are, you know, Buddhists, or I have a lot of Hindu friends. So I, I grew up in all that culture, and it's very interesting. It's just like, at the end of the day, you realize it's all the same thing. You can call it whatever you want, but at the end of the day, I think the principles are the same. Your religion literally says you respect your parents, you know, respect your elders, follow what they want. And I think that's one of the things that, when I was younger, I always told people exactly that thing. They used to be like, oh, you know, your religion is this and your religion is that. And I'm like, well, your religion says respect your parents. And they're like, yes. And I said, my religion also says respect my parents. And if your parents say do this, then ideally, if you're respecting your parents, you will start to do that, mm. right? Regardless mm. of what you think is right or wrong. So if you follow that principle, then yeah, you're not really doing it wrong. I mean, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just what you're taught. And I think it depends on everybody, whether you want to stay in that, I guess, I don't know, whether you want to stay doing that same thing or you just want to walk out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I think because I had too many questions, I think I sort of <laughs> looked at it from a different perspective. And I said, you know, I think everybody's the same. You know, I don't think religion should define us at the end of the day. It's just uh, who we are. We're just people, you know, and yeah, we're people trying to make a living or we're people trying to respect our friends and family and, you know, trying to do the best we can. Mm -hmm. So as you were growing up, what about language? Language is difficult to describe it, man. Uh, but I think a lot of Europeans will, will understand what I'm talking about. I grew up in a household where we speak um, Tibetan, Nepali, a few, few Hindi words, and then a mix of English. So whenever we say a sentence, it would have maybe a Tibetan word, you know, a couple of English words, and then a sentence, half a sentence in Nepali. So if you don't understand all three languages, you won't know what, you know, what we're saying. Right, it's code and, switching. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, when I was growing up, nobody understood that. But now that I've known a lot more different people from around the world, they can relate to that because mm. they're like, hey, you know, I'm, for example, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm Swiss and I speak Dutch. I speak German. I speak Chinese. And then I speak some English. And so when in their house, they, they would speak German, Chinese and English. And yeah, so if you don't understand German, you're going to be like, what the heck are they saying? Mm -hmm. You know, so it can happen. Speaking of which, I just remembered something. You know, one time I was in Australia and I, I got on the train. I was on a business trip. It was pretty hilarious because I was sitting in the train. I was talking to my colleague and, you know, I was speaking in English and I was speaking in Chinese as well. And then there were these two guys and then they were sitting in front of me, like, you know, just the road right in front of me. And they were speaking in Hindi and I could actually understand what they were saying. And I was like, whoa, wow, this is a, yeah, I feel like, a, you know, like, a, I don't know, double zero seven. You know? right. like, oh man, I'm listening to some somebody's language they think no one can understand. Right. Right. And then the next stop, <laughs> a person from Nepal uh, you know, gets on the train, sits right behind me. And then they're speaking in uh, Nepali. No and then way. the person in front of me is speaking in Hindi. I was telling my colleague in Chinese. Right. Because I, you know, I know they can speak English, right? So I told my colleague in Chinese, yo, I can understand what they're saying. Yeah, both of these <laughs> both, different conversations. Both different languages. I can understand. and behind me. Yeah, and I said, my brain feels like it's about to explode, man. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this feeling. Because right. total strangers talking to themselves that they think, they're in their own world, but I can understand everything they're saying. Right. And you're speaking Chinese, yeah. which is not even which your was most odd. comfortable language. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah which was odd to me, too. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to describe this feeling. <laughs> and I still don't. To, to, 
even to this day, I still don't know how to describe that feeling. Yeah. But, you know, but maybe there's other people out there that, that'll be like, yeah, I can relate to that, man. Right. Yeah, they're right. like, that, that's nothing. Let me tell you. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So, yeah, it's all good. You know? <laughs> yeah, I met a police officer in Barcelona. It was actually a police station. We had, a, we had an issue in Barcelona, unfortunately. So we had to go to the police station to report it. Uh, funny story is that there was a line of tourists waiting to speak to the police officer. And that officer spoke like 10 different languages. Oh, These wow. German tourists would come up and say, we need some help. And then he would just start speaking in German. And then some French be like, oh, we have this problem. Da, 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 and he bust out in French. I was like, no way. This is just fun. Waiting in line and seeing if he could speak the next language. And yeah, it was super impressive. Yeah, super that's impressive. that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Actually, uh, you know, a lot of people in Nepal can do that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, especially a, that region, right? Like Nepal, Tibet, even Bangladesh, Bhutan, like all that whole region. I'm sure it's, you know, there's a mix of all of these languages that you're speaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for the other countries, but I know in Nepal because it's such a, well, it used to be such a tourist destination. Right? Mm. A lot of people actually speak a lot of different languages. I mean, yeah. they're not like, you know, 100% fluent in everything, but they can get your job done. Like, you know, you have like tourist questions like, hey, where do I go for this? Where do I go for that? They can tell you, like, you know, in German, you know, even Chinese. Especially Nepal, right? Yeah. With all yeah. the mountaineering. I was surprised. I was like, wow, you, you guys speak Italian, man. You just look like you're just going to pick up some, you know, heavy duty bags and walk around. But, dude, you speaking Italian. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's a different thing, man. Huh. So what is kind of the ranking of your language skills or comfort? What is the 100%? Is that English? Uh, yeah, I used to think English was 100% until I moved to Taiwan and I started you know, just forcing myself to try to speak in Chinese. Mm. And now I think I even I think I struggle a bit in English. I can feel that. Oh, wow. You know, after you, coming here to learn Chinese. Yeah, I've been okay. here like 14 years now. Right. Uh, you know, and so that's what I've I've noticed. I've asked a couple of my friends. I said, "Hey, did you feel that way?" And they were like, "Yeah, for sure." How? Oh, they're God. they're they're also from the states, you know. I mean, they literally grew up just speaking in English, right? And they also had you know similar problems like I did. Is that like after being here for a while, your English kind of fades away, or is <laughs> it that no, you're kind of realizing certain limitations or gaps that you had before coming here? Or no, I think it's because yeah, I think it, it does fade away in the sense that have to use the language people understand for you sure know, so so you stop using all these other the language that you would have spoken in university you know you'd be like oh shit i need to drop it down to like i don't know grade three you know? yeah that's and true. then and then you end up just speaking that and then you read a lot of i don't want to disrespect people but i'm pretty sure people are going to be upset anyway <laughs> You know, so working, yourselves, everyone. <laughs> working in the tech industry right you read all these english press releases i mean you know and you're like what the the hell is this shit? <laughs> like, what is this thing, man? Like, what are you saying? You need a translator. To yeah, like, get me, uh, yeah, translate this English for me. <laughs> you know? That's how it is, you know? That's I, so I, true. That's how it used to be. I, I think now it's getting better, but that's how it used to be. I think that really messed up a, a lot of people's uh, <laughs> command over the English language. Because, right. yeah, and half the time you have to explain to somebody why you can't use a certain word. Right. You know, or, or why this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And then I don't as even know you're where doing it, you're like, oh, I don't even know. Yeah, just, exactly. Just say it. Or yeah, don't it's say like, it. yeah, it's like somebody telling me, hey, uh, Hanif, how do I write this Chinese press release? And I'm like, I I want to do this. And I want to write this Chinese word. What do you think? And they'll probably be like, what the hell are you saying? We should not We should never say those words together. Well, that's exactly what's happening with your English press release, my book. <laughs> 
So what is the second most comfortable language for you then after English? It used to be Nepali, but now I'm thinking it's Chinese. Oh, it's weird. Chinese has I overtaken think. Nepali. I think, but I think but it depends Hindi on the situation. Hindi is way down there. Hindi is way down few, there. I can understand Hindi, man. I can watch Bollywood movies, no problem, without, oh, without really? subtitles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, when we're watching Netflix at home, my mm. wife will be like, oh, should I put on the subtitles? And I'm like, nah. you, can, you can have the subtitles in Chinese. I'm just going to watch it. I do, I do. I know, I know. It just sounds stupid, but that's, that's what I do. <laughs> I just watch it. I'm just like, yeah. Right. Your wife is Taiwanese, so she, yeah, she's, yeah, she would require some yeah. Chinese subtitles. Well, she's okay with English subtitles too. Okay. But for the Hindi movie, I'm like, it's okay. She's like, oh, that English, that word was like, you know, too fast. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Just uh, switch it to Chinese. Right. It's all good. I don't need these. <laughs> if you need it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need these English subtitles in the Bollywood movie. Half of these don't even make sense. Right. <laughs> True that. Yeah. It's, it's like, what? It, they're saying something different. You know, the subtitles is something different. I'm like, yeah, that's not what he said. Yeah. I just got to follow the movement of the dancers. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so you said chinese has maybe, maybe yeah. overtaken maybe. your nepali skills recently maybe yeah maybe when for, for some things um i think when it comes to work because you know i never worked in nepal per se right especially right. in the tech sector so there might be some words that i know in chinese that i know for sure i, I have no idea what it's called in nepali obviously i can't think of something right now but mm. even if i did i don't think anybody would Freaking know what I'm talking right. about. So. <laughs> Maybe two, two people. In the world. <laughs> if anybody's listening. Right, you know? exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Um, at least that's my view on it. Hmm. You know, so when it comes to work stuff, I think I use way more Chinese than Nepali for my work-related stuff. Okay. Like marketing. I don't know what's it called in Nepali. I think marketing in Nepali would be marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's i'm sure no no I'm it's sure. true it's true right, right, nepali right. has a couple of words that are just taken directly uh from the english language because it doesn't exist yeah you know is so, there an accent involved yes i'll give you one word example a waistcoat you know like a like a okay. suit like okay. a waistcoat yes in nepali it's called east coat east coat yeah east coat east coat nice it's kind of sexy no, I guess depends. <laughs> depends who's talking. True that always. <laughs> you have Brad Pitt saying "istakot." People be like, "Wow, Damn, that's sexy." <laughs> and then you have me saying "istakot." They'll be like, "What the? <laughs> Shut what your you mouth!" Saying? What are you saying, man? <laughs> Shut your mouth, please. Did you just curse at somebody? It's like, no, man. So you grew up in Nepal, in Kathmandu, speaking these several languages. Your yeah. English was already good at that time when you were young i'd say so yes i would i would think so yes yeah because uh yeah we all went to english speaking schools or you know, english was a required subject you can't speak in any other language other than english in school hmm. so is that for all schools in nepal or is that just kind of private schools i think it's mostly private schools i, I don't know about nepal per se because i was in darjeeling right and the schools in darjeeling at least the ones we went to and then the ones that my sisters went to they hmm. all they all require you to speak english they're all sponsored by these churches in North India. Oh, interesting. So that's why all these schools have to have, you know, you have this thing, like you have to go to chapel, you have to go, I don't know, sing this hymn. Right. So all the schools, I guess, start with like Saint something. Let me think. No, actually, yes. Yes. The boys' schools do. Yeah. They're all Saint something. Saint something. Um, there's a co-ed school that isn't. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. And these are British, They're British, British, everyone based. wearing East Coat. <laughs> no, just our school. Man, we had to wear like a Sunday suit, like a three-piece suit. 
Oh, it's required. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody is actually from Darjeeling, they'll probably know what school I went to now. Okay. Yeah. They will be able to identify. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the it's the only school piece. by the three piece suit. Eastcott. Yeah, <laughs> Eastcott. <laughs> Gotta have okay. the Eastcott body. So this was a boarding school. Yeah, it's a boarding school. Okay. Um, In a very famous tea producing region of North India. Yep. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. So, Did you go there throughout your whole childhood or? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. It's it's exactly like Harry Potter. Same thing. You know, you have the teachers having those gowns on them. They also wear those gowns, the black gowns. No, really? Yeah, they do. Okay. Our teachers did. And then um, they also carried like a little wand. Yeah. And yeah. what about Voldemort? How was Voldemort? Oh, it was uh, every year was a different Voldemort. Oh, I see. <laughs> it depends what you got in trouble with. Yeah. Right. So every year there's a different Voldemort. Um, yeah. So the teachers, you know, have the same thing. We have the four houses system, just really? like, you know, in Gryffindor or whatever. Obviously, it's not called Gryffindor, but it's named after these um, British um, lords or what have you. Not necessarily British lords. I might be getting that part wrong. So, But we can make it up. It's Harry Potter anyway. Yeah, sure. It's Harry Potter. Just make it up. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So how was going to this kind of Harry Potter boarding school in this kind of mystical area? It's very kind of romanticized, I think, dark yeah, journey, right? Yeah, yeah, I, th I think so. I totally agree with that. I think it really depends on people. Mm. Um, some kids have loved it. You know, some people have had absolute terrible times of their lives there. You know, I loved it. But, you know, I mean, that was a good part of my life. I had a good time. I had good friends. Still do. You know, still in touch. We still have a WhatsApp group. Oh, wow, that I don't really? I don't say much on. I just lurk on there. Everybody's just saying, you know, what they're doing, what they've been doing and all that stuff, which is good. Um, yeah. And then there are people that I know that just, you know, want nothing to do with it. They're just like, yeah, that was my, you know, terrible part of my life. And I don't ever want to go back, you know, mm. kind of thing. So, mm. so, yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, I think it, that's life, man. Everybody has that, right? You know, some people have good experiences, good memories about school. And mm -hmm. some people have terrible memories about school. I had good ones. That's good. So where do you think most of these graduates, your classmates are? Are they pretty much scattered all around the oh, world? Man. Yeah, they're all over the world. I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. Everywhere you can think of. No one really has kind of stayed in Darjeeling, I guess. Um, I think we have a few. Not Darjeeling per se, but I think they were from the neighboring cities or towns, you know. So okay. I, think, I, think if, I think maybe a, one or two are still there. Uh, I think the rest are just everywhere else. Why did your family, I guess, choose to send you to Darjeeling? Um, my mom grew up in uh, in Kalimpong, well, Darjeeling area. Hmm. Actually, she was born in Kalimpong and she grew up in Darjeeling. So they knew. Oh, I see. Yeah, growing up as a kid, they knew that the schools there were like really good. So they always just thought like, you know, we need to send our kids there. You know, and, and growing up, my mom was actually really poor. Like my grandparents were like really like dirt poor. You know, they couldn't afford, uh, I think for my uncle, they couldn't afford like a I don't know how to put it. Maybe like a one NTD a month fee. That's wow. how poor they used to be. Really? Yeah. So so for my mom to send us to those schools was like a big deal. Hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't know it until I, I think, <laughs> I think until I graduated from high school. And mm. that's when I found out. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. So for you guys, it must have been a really big deal. Like your kids are going to the school that you dreamed of, you know? Mm. Like, So they were like, yeah, of course. I mean, it gives us huge pride that our kids go to the school. So it was, a, it was a different feeling. I don't know, man. Inside, we're just like, we just want to do the best. You want to do the best so your parents are going to be proud of you. You, you don't want to mess it up after you hear something like that. You know? Right. <laughs> it's just that. like, oh. Oh, man, I got to work hard at life. So for some reason, the fortunes of your family turned around. 
when yeah, you were a yeah. child? Well, not when I was a child. More like when my mom met my dad, I guess you could say that. Okay, I see. The top secret agent that we're yeah. not allowed to talk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I see, I see. Okay. But it... Uh, I, I know you want to keep talking about it, so exactly. I'll, just, I'll just put it out there. It's okay, fine. Here it's it goes, fine. Here it goes. So, yeah, so my dad, uh, long story short, you know, he was... Uh, you worked for the government of Taiwan. Okay, right? and, here we uh, go. Everyone pay attention. I've been working really hard to get <laughs> this Digging really hard out. to get this story out, right? Um, yeah, you know, I, let's not talk too much about his history details of right. all the of stuff course. that he's done. Like, but, you know, at like the end of the day. number or his secret yeah, name. Or, or like, yeah, or like whatever <laughs> The codes. operation name. Yeah, so basically he, he worked for the government of Taiwan. And, yeah, he ended up in South Asia at some point in his life, you know. And, and then from there on, he met my mom in India, actually. Okay. Um, and then they got married in India. So that's what actually happened. They wow. married in India and then immigrated to Nepal. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like. Um, but he was Tibetan. Yeah, my dad is. Yeah, my okay. dad is. Tibetan. My mom's also Tibetan. Oh. Like okay. my my mom was. Oh, sorry, my bad. I actually made a mistake. My mom was born in Lhasa. Oh. Okay. Yeah. My grandma is is from a village. I forgot the name, but it's somewhere in Tibet. Uh, it's not from Lhasa, but okay. my but my grandfather is from Lhasa and my, my mom was born in Lhasa and then from Lhasa they moved over to India okay north I think India. it was a, like a yeah it's like a three-month journey or something like that I don't know exactly the details but that's that's what I heard my grandfather right right uh, anyway fast forward many years then you know he had all the, he had like four kids um and then yeah my mom married my dad and then Fast forward, like, I think a year or something, my dad was like, where do you want to move to, right? And at that time, my mom said, oh, they went to Nepal quite often because my dad had some friends there. Okay. Um, this is, like, in the 70s, you know? So my mom's like, oh, yeah, you know, we went to Nepal a couple of times. And she said, I loved it because, you know, I grew up in Darjeeling, so I speak the language. Okay, like, right. Like, yeah. um, it's not... It's like speaking China Chinese and Taiwan Chinese. I mean, there's an accent, but you understand each other, right? So my mom's like, oh, I speak Nepali. I'm, I'm not very comfortable speaking Hindi mm. only because prior to moving, you know, they, used, they were living in the middle of India, like Calcutta. Mm -hmm. Now it's called Kolkata. I don't know if you know that. Right. Um, so that's that's where they were living. And then, yeah, my mom was like, wow, Nepal's a beautiful country. We want to move there, you know. And my dad was like, okay. And then they gave up their Indian citizenship and then they moved to Nepal and then got the uh, Nepali citizenship. I mean, because yeah. that's how you get your citizenship. Right? Right. You got to get rid of the, get rid uh, of the other yeah. one, revoke the yeah, other one. Exactly. So that's what happened. He didn't have to revoke any of his special Taiwanese connections and Apparently powers. Not. Apparently, and not. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> so that means he was working with the Kuomintang, the, yeah. the nationalist yeah. party in yes. China before they kind of retreated to Taiwan. Not really, no, actually he wasn't. Because my dad's a Muslim, so he was in the Muslim warlord. <laughs> oh. He was not a Muslim warlord. He worked for the Muslim warlord. Wow. Yeah, that's that's how he became and then the warlords were, you know, KMT supporters. And then that's that's literally how it happened. That is so interesting. Yeah, so yeah, if, if my dad's life had gone on a different tangent in terms of I guess making money. True. I wouldn't be working so hard right now. <laughs> I'd be loaded, man. Yeah. What are you exactly. talking about? Dude, I'd be loaded. You know? Right. You might be working hard just running away. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping undercover. Yeah. I need to, you know, stay under the, under the cover. Under the radar. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> wow. That's cool. That's pretty deep history. Yeah. My yeah. dad's stuff. A big deal. <laughs> wow. Okay. So finally, did you make your mother proud and you graduated from this posh boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Because uh, <laughs> after that, I went to a university in Canada. You know, I did my university there. I was very interested in communication studies, you know, because I was you know, back in the day in Nepal. I actually even DJed for a bit, radio, mm. radio station. That's where this sexy voice is coming from, yeah, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. Yeah, she'd be like, yeah. And uh, you're listening to Kane FM, Firelight Academy. What is beautiful. It? What are the other names? Maybe I'll do it later. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll record I'll, a little jingle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free, free of cost, no nice. charge. Welcome to Firelight Chats. Supernatural stories from the space So yeah, I've always had an interest in doing, I guess, something with communications. and So I ended up doing that, and then I was like, uh, you know, I, I want to make movies. I love watching them, so I should make them. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. And then I went back, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And my mom's like... <laughs> I yes. sent you to Canada. What the? Thank <laughs> you. To become a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what the hell? You know. And then I was like, okay, okay, I changed my plan. I change, I change. I go to Taiwan now. I go to learn the Chinese. Okay. And my mom's like, all right, fine. That makes sense. That made sense to her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess making movies didn't make sense, but learning Chinese made sense. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I said, no, I said, I want to go learn Chinese. and I want to do this uh, MBA program, you know, because it's affordable. Because, uh, you know, back in Canada, I was like, yo, I'm going to do an MBA here. I was like, oh, let me look this up. You know, MBA LLB program. Oh, it's 2005. It's like $75,000, man. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I was, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no money. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> and uh, what's available? I had a cousin up here in Taiwan, right, doing the MBA program. And he okay. was like, hey, Hanif, you should do this here. I said, uh, what's tuition like? He goes, 400,000 NTD. I go, for a year? He goes, no, for the program. I said, two years? He goes, yes. I said, what? For those who don't know the currency, how much of a discount is that from the Canadian MBA? Oh, wow. Back then? I don't know, man. But right now, one USD is uh, 30 NTD. So so do the math. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. I would do the math, but that's why I'm in marketing, not sales. <laughs> exactly. I need I need my calculator. It's a on. trivia quiz for I'd the audience. Like, yeah, I'd be like, hey Google. Call in and let us know. <laughs> convert this for me. That's what I do now. Everything is just, hey Google, convert this. Exactly. What does this mean? That's what, what the that? audience is doing too. Yeah. They're like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so after you graduated uh, from a Canadian university in communication studies, did you pursue anything in film at all? Or did you just kind of scoot your way over to Taiwan and learn Chinese? Yeah, sure, I did. I mean, you know, I ended up making two movies back in Nepal, actually. If Mm. you... Yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, now, nah, you know, it, it's there. I made the movies. The first one was actually considered to be the first digital movie, the first uh, digital film of Nepal. Um, I don't know if it's still considered that. I mean, I think a lot of these things are just unofficial. Mm. So I don't know if it is official or not. Um, but that was the first movie we did. And then we made a second movie. And then after the second movie, I was like, all right, you know, let's move on. Because life was tough in Nepal. You know, As an artist, I don't think you can actually make a living wage. That is a, a fact. Now I don't know. Now I think you can. You know, I have a lot of friends who have excelled in that uh, sector. Mm. You know, there's a lot of movie actors and actresses and, you know, directors and cinematographers and you know they're doing pretty well you know good for them you know Mm. everyone like like i said everyone's life is on a different path and yeah yeah so after graduating you actually went back to Kathmandu to 
kind yeah. of pursue I'll, this? Yeah, I was there for about two years. Actually, it just fell into my lap. It's not something I said, I want to pursue this thing. I was, okay. Yeah, I was just there. I was doing some stuff and I was like, hey, I'm going to go to Taiwan. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, I'm in this movie. <laughs> that's that's what literally you what happened. in the movie? You were cast to be in the movie? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about all those, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was cast in the movie. Huh. Yeah, the movie's on YouTube, actually. Oh, is it? <laughs> it is. On, no I mean, I know, it's on IMD. Oh, sorry. I forgot to send you the links, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll send exactly. it to you later, man. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. It's also on YouTube. Really? Yeah. yeah. What is the name? Uh, well... It's called Kagbini. I don't think anyone's going to spell it out. So it's K-A-G-B-E-N-I. Hold on. K-A-G-B-E-N-I. Yeah. Oh, it's also a It's a location, yeah. So you can, yeah. It's a village in Nepal. And oh, there's a movie. Oh, it's in Mustang. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We actually were there for like 30 days shooting the stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, there's the movie. Second link is the movie. Oh, yeah. Man, this right. place is, that place is beautiful, bro. Like, I don't know what to say. I, like, it was amazing. I was there for 30 days. I, I'm i very lucky to be part of that movie. Oh, man. I am very lucky to have been in such a place, to have visited such a place for 30 days, you know, and getting paid for that stuff, man. I loved it, every single minute of it. One of my old students up in uh, Beijing, shout out to Suman, was telling me that I should come, he's from Nepal. And he mm. said, you know, if I come visit him, we'll go out to Mustang. Mustang, Mustang, I don't know. Mustang. Oh, is it Mustang? Okay, yeah. Mustang. Yeah, and I looked it up and I was like, oh my goodness, this is like one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Oh, wow. It's in like a valley, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, wow. Yeah, you should look up Jumsum, forget Kagbini. <laughs> forget oh, this man. film forget that forget that name <laughs> let me tell you you should go to Marfa buddy Marfa <laughs> Jomsum you know Th those are the places oh really yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not cursing at you I'm just telling some locations exactly. yeah. I was like what are you calling me um, J-O-M-S-O-M J-O-M S-O-M Jomsum yeah okay these are That's recommendations where... from King Hanif <laughs> Is when you go to Nepal, you must go to Jamsam. Yeah, that's where you make your uh, trek all the way up to the uh, Mount Everest. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's so, one of the kind yeah. of starting towns. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually Pokhara to be more specific. Okay. I mean, if you want to get into the details, there's a lot of details I don't know about, man. Have you <laughs> ever... How high have you climbed? Are all Nepalese <laughs> climbing warriors? Is everybody climbing Mount like Everest, right? Double lungs. Yeah. No, no, man. I don't think so. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say I don't think so. <laughs> I think every Nepali, I, I think um, Nepali people are very proud people. No shame in that. You know, mm -hmm. it's fine. You know, you, you have the largest mountain in the world. You know, mm -hmm. you need to have a lot of pride. Um, so I think there's that. And then I know that some people, in Nepal, I, I know that for a fact because my friend is one. <laughs> like a Sherpa, you know? like a, Oh, he's a Sherpa, yeah. Yeah, people think Sherpa is like a guide or something, but that's mm. not what it is. It's like your last name. It's like right. a Wong. So Sherpa is like your last name, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what it is. And it's just that the village near or closer to that mountain, mountainous regions, there's just people that live in the mountainous region. And, and that's what it is. So, yeah, growing up as a kid... You know, I still remember this. In school, we used to make a lot of fun about oh man. We used to tease him a lot. We used to be like, dude, when are you going to climb Mount Everest? Um, and then he actually did it. <laughs> yeah, he actually did it. A couple of years ago, he he did it. He Out of revenge like, for a childhood bully. <laughs> I think so. 
He's like, remember that day you said I would never climb it. Look at me now. Exactly. Who's climbed it? You, you fat shit. What have you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm in Taiwan, man. Wow. Enjoying life. No, no climbing for me. Thank you. Enjoy the beaches. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he climbed it, man. So he did it. Damn, that's not easy. You know? Yeah, there's there's actually a couple of our school people that have actually climbed the mountain. Mount Everest, you know? And yeah. man, big deal, tallest man. Tallest mountain in the world. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are great, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So what's the highest you have climbed? Well, I thought I could get over that question by answering <laughs> these other things. Exactly. <laughs> um, personally, <laughs> I don't know personally. Uh, maybe I've climbed Yao taller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, son. I think 12,000 feet. 12,000 feet. Like 3,000 meters. Oh, that's pretty high. Is it? Is it I considered so. high? Like, I mean, in Nepal, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, true. Like, that's a hill. Nobody cares. And yeah, it is. No, yeah. it's seriously, it's true. It's so true. It's like, yo, it's a, it's a three-day trek. What do you mean? Yeah. It's not a big deal. You know, it's right. not. It really isn't. That's scary. It, you know, and that's why when, I'm, when I came to Taiwan, man, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it. Maybe people are going to get upset. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's that. That's what happened. <laughs> Nah, fine, I'll just tell you. <laughs> Yaming San, right? People are like, yo, Yaming San, man, has the most beautiful sunrise in Taiwan. Oh, that's... I was like, oh, all right, fine, whatever, let's go check it out. They're like, yeah, it's a really tall mountain in Taiwan. No, Yaming, yeah, Yaming San, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is Yaming San. No, no, not Yaming San. Ali, no, not Ali San. Ali San, Ali San. Really? Yeah, Ali San. They said Ali San is like the sunrise mountain. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, I all right, been. fine. Like, what is this big deal somewhere down south, you know? Yeah. All right, fine, let's go. And I went there in 2010, I saw it. That's it? <laughs> Fuck is this shit? <laughs> like what? You know? Uh, and then uh yeah, they were it's like, all relative. Yeah, they were like, Don't you think it's beautiful? And I was like, dude, I grew up on a mountain. I saw Mount Kanchenjunga every day. All right. Mm. It's the third tallest mountain. Oh, really? Yeah, in the world. Okay. Um you, you can look that up later. Uh, yeah. I cannot spell any of these things. So Mount uh K A K A N. And oh, there the, it is. K A N C H E N J U N G A. Yeah. yeah. So look at that. Up. And, and you Whoa, see that photo, right? Look at that photograph. Yeah, man. I, I saw that. That's like <laughs> Taipei. Yeah, it looks like 101. You know, that's what it is, man. You're like, <laughs> you're from Shinny looking out there, Taipei 101. You're like, yeah. You know, that's, that's what we, we oh, had that view. You, this you know is where you grew up. Well, I didn't know. Not on the mountain. You grew up on the top of this. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly, That's man. beautiful, though. I, I walked up, the, up that hill every day. <laughs> <laughs> to go to school. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So that's, that's the mountain. That's the view that, you know, I, I have from my school. Kanchenjunga. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And, and you see that when the sun hits the mountain, you see those photos? Like how you yep. have, you know, this orange peak or whatever. Right. You know, you have orange peaks. You have like white peaks. It's amazing, man. It just looks so beautiful. You know, that like it is beautiful. You can't describe it. You know, and imagine I, I saw that every day, every wow. day from my school life. And it's kind of like so. Whenever people say, "Oh, mountains," and I'm just like, "Yeah, you don't know mountains, right?" You know, like don't talk to me about these mountains in Taiwan. <laughs> like, no, they're not mountains. They're hills. All right, you can go up the mountain in one day. Yeah, it's not a mountain. It's not a mountain. It's a hill. To this master i mean you can drive i mean look at me i know i don't look like i, <laughs> I climb mountains just just fyi kind of heavy <laughs> heavy set body you know a lot of loving right a lot of love a lot of love lot with of mcdonald's love. and burger kings man <laughs> all this fast food will not help you um but yeah you know <laughs> i don't know 
Wow. Yeah. So, is it covered with snow all year round? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think is. so, right? It's yeah, yeah. just that high. You that can, yeah, you can actually see the peaks. Uh, you know, there are days when it gets colder and then you see the, the snowfall is all the way down into the valley kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. And then, so you have like different, oh, yeah. during the year you will see, oh, it, you know, it snowed more or it snowed less. Or it's like, oh, look, the peak, only the top has the snow, you know? So we mm. still... Yeah, we see it. Every, I'll show you pictures of it later. Uh, we'll be like, dude, you saw that view every day? Yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be like, WTF is that? You know? Yeah. Trust me. It's amazing. So, yeah. So, whenever people ask me, oh, do you want to go back to the mountains? I'm like, no, man. Take me to the beaches. You know, like. Oh, that's funny. Like. <laughs> now, we just having this conversation the other day with, uh, with my cousin. You know, mm. we all grew up in the same place. And he was like telling me like, oh, man, I would love to go back to the mountains. And I said, dude, you're just getting old. I still prefer the beaches. You know, like mm. any day, I still want the beaches hmm. over over the mountains yeah it's all relative right yeah i, mean, I think if so. you grew up in a mountainous region like this then yeah. the beaches are kind of sexy and yeah i mean because nepali beaches i'm guessing it's a landlocked country <laughs> i'm guessing there are no beaches country yeah. doesn't have very good beaches Yo, the first time i saw a beach was in 1992 in taiwan <laughs> oh really yeah oh damn not even in canada not even in you canada never went to a beach <laughs> I did go to a beach in Canada. I think it was Rondo Beach. Rondo Beach. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that's the name of the beach. Anyway, oh. so so yeah, you know. But basically, Taiwan. Taiwan was, your first was the first ever beach. beach experience. Yeah, I don't know what's it called. So I was, it was, you know, I was oh, like, you still don't even I was know. like ten Which, years old. I don't know where it is. Oh, that's funny. My guess is it's somewhere up north of Taiwan, but oh, up in the north. Yeah, somewhere like Ilan or. Somewhere. Maybe Danshui. Maybe on the way to Elon somewhere. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's okay. my guess. Yeah. So do you still have this kind of love for beaches here in Taiwan after 14 years here? Do you go down in the summers to Kunding and show off your beautiful body and <laughs> scuba dive and <laughs> go to the underwater mountains? Yeah, man. Every time I take my shirt off, people are like, Michelin Man is here. I'm like, that's right. Who wants autographs? Um <laughs> Kunting, man, I've actually only been there once. I haven't been there yet, so. Oh man, is it good? Uh, Do yeah, you it's pretty it? good. I recommend it. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty good. I'm going there again, October seventh. Oh, that's pretty soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Is it still going to be hot down there, October seventh? I guess I'll find out. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of that trip? I mean, is it to hang out at the beach, or is it to do some other kind of like water sports? I mean, do you like scuba diving or things like this? No. 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 <laughs> I just like to sit there, watch the sunset. I'm a little, yeah, that's that's what I like. I see. No activities, man. Uh-huh. Do you know how many mountains I've climbed? You know how many <laughs> sunrises you've seen? Do you know how many sunrises I've seen and how many sleepless nights I've had because of these sunrises? Oh, honey, if you need to see the sunrise, we need to make a trek from three in the morning. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You need to leave the hotel at 4 a.m. Oh, okay. Huh. That is beautiful, though. Like climbing up a mountain and being able to see a sunrise from the top. How many times have you seen it? I think it depends. <laughs> I've only done it once, actually. Uh, yeah. Once is once. I think maybe five times is more than enough. <laughs> Any more than That's that. Why. And then That's you're why. like, forget this thing. That's that makes sense. Yeah, I've only done it once and I don't really have this burning itch to do it again. Actually, uh, you know what? Actually, I prefer to see the sunset. And, you know, mm. I actually saw a, um, a really beautiful sunset, you know, in Boracay. Oh, Philippines. In the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just on the sailboat and then you're just 
look at the sunset and yeah. it's it's beautiful man with the horizon yeah basically. Yeah. yeah that's amazing that's amazing i've seen a lot Love of those it. actually yeah yeah i could do that over and over again true that every day you know Pretty yeah much. exactly you don't yeah. have to wake up early yeah <laughs> you know, you're just true that. you're just spending the afternoon and then you're just chilling and you're like oh you look, the sun energy. is going down yeah, yeah. you still have energy man <laughs> you know not like half open eyes and you're like what the fuck where am i going you know right and then you can eat yeah and then yeah. chill yeah and you don't have to have you don't have to have these blankets on and all this shit either i know you and sweat chill. yes and take one step and two steps back yeah yeah, yeah. not a problem you know and, and yeah you're just naked ish right to to watch the sunset you know mountains are not easy mountains are, everyone's wrapped up man nobody looks sexy <laughs> the beach is where it's at everybody looks sexy you know True. what i mean like that know. is the point yeah that is yeah. The, that is the but key that is thing not the point of a mountain no it's not <laughs> mountains all about i don't know what it is endurance i guess yeah i yeah i think so yeah endurance strength perseverance death sure okay yeah all right so Cug Benny, the film. <laughs> oh, man, you brought it back. <laughs> I brought it back. Yeah. So this film, Cug Benny, this was the first kind of digital film you starred in it? No, I didn't, I didn't start. I'm a supporting it? cast, man. Okay. Supporting cast. What is the film about, basically? Oh, it's based on the uh, monkey's paw. You know the monkey's paw story? No. Um, there's like a paw. If you have it and you make a wish, it comes true, but it has consequences. Oh, remember that? It's actually a short story, if I remember correctly. Okay, and and that's what the movie's based off, literally. But then before the monkey's paw, there's like this other storylines involved, and and then the monkey's paw kind of comes into it halfway through the movie, you know. And then when you make a wish, you have consequences. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so do you recommend people watch this film? Oh man, hey, if you love Nepal, you should watch it. And if you love the mountains of Nepal, why not? You know, we had a great time shooting it. You know, I've seen the IMDb rating. I think it's at a seven, I think. That's not bad for IMDb. I think. Yeah, I was actually quite shocked. I, I know. Like, Yo, it's seven, That's man. That's like a must-see, actually. Is it? A seven on, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you know, what hopefully. What about Rotten uh, Tomatoes? How I many? I have no <laughs> idea about Rotten Tomatoes. All I know is it's on IMDb. Huh. Uh, maybe it's a high six-point-something rating or seven. I don't know. So if we watch this film, we can see you. Yeah. Almost immediately. You'll see me in the first uh, couple of minutes itself. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And throughout the whole film? No, no, no. I just appear in the first half. Well, and then I just appear and just jump in. And, and then you're the consequence. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. I am the consequence. Exactly. Sorry. The monkey's paw consequence. Yes. If you watch this movie, I will be the consequence. Exactly. I'll appear in your dreams. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll be like, hello there. Did you have this same hairstyle in the film? Oh, actually, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering how easy it is to recognize you. If someone knows what... I, I think it's easy to like recognize now. me. I think it is. But mm. then a lot of people are like, is that you? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, shit, it looks so different. Yeah, um, that's quite a long time ago, I right? was starting to lose my hair. It's actually shot in 2006. Okay, right. It released in 2008 yeah. because of uh, takes, a lot of delays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was losing my hair, and then they were like, yo, I need to make this guy look younger, you know? So we were like, ah, oh, sure, no problem. So I had a wig on, oh, and then on top of the wig, I had a hat on. And then they were like, oh, man, this doesn't look good. So then they cut the wig, and then they made it look like as if there's some hair coming out from the front. <laughs> and then I have a hat on. No way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When you see the movie, you'll be like, oh, shit, I know what Hanif's talking about now. 
Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's what it was. And yeah, uh, you know, and, and when I speak Nepali, I already have an accent, you know. So like I said, like I have right. this Darjeeling mountainous accent. So okay. when I speak Nepali, I have some accent. It's not a, it's not the like Jumsum. Yeah, it's not a Jumsum accent. It's okay. not a Mustang accent. It's, it's it's the Darjeeling accent a little bit, you know. So people are like, oh. Fused with tea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a lot of tea, a lot of tea. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, oh. that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, it was great. Yeah, how was working on that film? I mean, that was good experience. Your, that was your first one. Yeah, first. You said uh, you had two experiences. So. Yeah, yeah. The first one, it was great. Made a lot of good friends. Actually, you know, I, I didn't know anybody uh, when I did that. Mm. And I met everybody. I went through the whole audition process. I got in. I was actually, oh shit, I got in. And then yeah, they were like, holy shit, did you know your audition was so good? I was like, really? I didn't know that shit. So anyway, long story short, you know, the, the guys that I worked on it with, yeah, they were pretty good friends, you know. Um, I don't really have contact with them per se, but I'm pretty sure if I were, you know, if I go back, I'm definitely going to look them up again and be like, yo, I'm back. Mm. Let's hang out or something. I have done that every time I go back. I do message them. Be like, yo, I'm back. Let's hang out. Um, those guys have gone on to become superstars in the country, actually. Yeah, mm. it's pretty big. They're actually a pretty big deal, man. Like, you know, I was like, oh, shit, look at you guys now, you know? Damn. Yeah, so yeah. at this time, they were just kind of starting out hustling. Yeah, it's first movie. First movie for everybody, um, actually. This is their everybody, first actually. time movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Everybody. The director is like first time director for motion picture. Right. It says, Kagbeni is a directorial debut of Busan Dahal. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, yeah, it's a debut for... Man, everybody, as far as I'm concerned, including right. the including the producers. Okay. Yeah, it was the first movie for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, and good it job for did a well, first movie, right? It says it is seen as the first successful non-commercial movie in Nepal, which was able to leave its mark in the film industry. This is coming from Wikipedia itself, everyone. So, oh wow, this is a film to watch, and you will see this handsome gentleman with his wig and his hat in the first. What, five minutes, 10 minutes? <laughs> Maybe 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Probably something like that. And you said we can find this on YouTube? Yeah. It's, no it's way. On, it's on YouTube. That's I don't, awesome. I don't know if they took it down, but it's on YouTube. Oh, I should have watched it before. <laughs> Maybe we should watch it and give a play-by-play. -play. You're, you're going to fall asleep, man. It does move quite slowly, so it does have that. Uh, yeah, I think the movie overall, it, it was done well. Obviously, I think uh, when, we are, when we are actually there, Doing doing the movie, we always think like, oh, I think we could have done this better, mm. done that better. But you know, sometimes you when you're making a movie, you're running out of time. You know, it's it's always like that. You know, it's like a project you have. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just got to get something done within a certain time period. You know, yep. And you don't have do overs exactly. You know, because it's not like next door. You know, you can't just go and you know, it's not like you can go and shoot it again. You know, yeah. you're, you're in a freaking village mountain area, right? Mm -hmm. You miss it, you miss it. You miss the weather, you miss it. You know, you. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, you can't control the weather. You know, you can't control like half the thing that happens up there. So it's crazy. It says uh, in present time, non-commercial movies are often described as post Kagbeni era films by Nepali critics. Oh wow! Yeah, Kagbeni was one of the few Nepali films during its time to manifest cinematography as one of the important elements in cinema. Oh wow! Look at that! You are part of cinematic history in Nepal, and you are so humble you didn't even realize that. That's right. I am super humble, man. That's cool. Yeah. But I, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, my buddy. Mm. Uh, it's the guy who wrote it. You know, it says written by. Okay. Yeah, that, that guy is extremely talented. Prashant Rasali. Yeah. Okay. So he wrote this and then yeah, he wrote it, Hall directed, directed it. it. Yeah. Is uh, the ones who have become big, is that the director? 
Uh, no, the ones who have become be uh, are the actors. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They've become post Cagbeni superstars. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. That's what I think. Okay. I mean, I don't know how big a superstar they are, right. but I really think they are pretty big time. I mean, especially the guy. Like yeah, I think I think the guy is definitely big time. Is that this handsome gentleman on the uh, on the cover on the cover here? Yeah, is yeah. That the main yeah, the main yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a link on Wikipedia now. Yeah, Maybe we can click it. Which one is that? that? The, the second link, Saugat. Yeah. Saugat Mala. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, we remember doing the movie, and then I was like, "Dude, you're gonna be a big star someday." Oh, really? And he was like, "Nah." Quite really? humble, dude. Yeah, I was like, "No, nah, man, I'm telling you, you're gonna be big time. Trust me." And I said, "Nepali cinema doesn't know what's gonna hit them." Really? Yeah. What was it about him for you? His acting skills, his, man. His yeah. acting skills are like, you know, uh, next level. Yeah, I mean, he was already in theater. I had seen him do some theater stuff because, you know, back in the day when we were starting out, um, they asked us to go and, you know, this guy was still in the theater doing some stuff and they were like, oh, hey, you know, I, I you guys have passed the audition. I think you guys are great. Um, let's do some workshops. And in the meantime, this guy was still doing his theater stuff and people were like, oh, let's go support him, watch him, stuff like that. So mm. we went to watch him and I was like, dude, this guy's really good. Okay. You know? Oh, okay. So after this first film of yours, mm. I mean, that's pretty awesome. You graduated from film school. Uh, it would seem like your mother would be proud of you. Communication studies, not film school. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> communication. That's even better. Communication studies, and you get yeah, catapulted yeah. into journalism, and then film school. Yeah, right. journalism. Be studying how to be a media critic, maybe you know. Right. Studied okay. studied Disney and thought about how every single Disney movie is racist. Yes, coded I, with yes. all kinds of. Yes, how the Lion King. You know. Yeah, we terrible. just talked about it on the last podcast. <laughs> Did actually. you? Yeah, oh yeah. my god, man! <laughs> yeah, that's what I had to study. Like literally, oh, that's hilarious. That stuff, and then wound up <laughs> making a movie, right? Right, and then what happened in the second one? What? Oh, the second one is. Pretty simple. They were like, hey, let's do a remake of My Sassy Girl, the Korean movie. That's crazy. For uh, all you people out there, Korea fans, <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows My Sassy Girl. Yeah. They, it's a uh, huge Korean film. Well, it was, right? It, it was. was, right? it was yeah, huge, it was a yeah. big deal. I think so. And then we were like, let's do this. And then the producers were like, yeah. They were like, do this thing. And we were like, oh, sure. You know, so I worked on it uh, with the same dude that's in the in the Cogbini, you know, the okay. Prashant. Prashant. No, Prashant. Okay. Yeah. So him and I worked on it a lot. And then um, at the end of the day, they were like, oh, yeah, we didn't get the rights. So, you know, we need to flip it up a bit. Yeah, that's funny. You're never going to get the rights for my sassy girl. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been like, yo, we're from Nepal. They're like, where's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So then they were like, oh, what can you think of? And then I was like, okay, how about this, man? I'm just going to tell you straight, okay? Let's do my sassy girl meets you've got mail. And that's the movie. And they were like, oh, write it up. And I was like, okay. So then we, I wrote it up, the screenplay and everything. And then they were like, oh, this sounds so funny. Let's do it. And then we did it. No. Yeah, anyways, that's, that's what happened. And then there was a you know, pretty talented director back in the day, also very famous for music videos. And then he came and started making the movie um, for that specific movie. Okay. You know, so he did it. So this was like a Nepali rom-com. Yeah. Like romantic comedy. That is comedy. true. Yes, you know, really? and, and and the producers really thought this director could pull it off because he did a lot of, uh, how should I put it? He did, his music videos were very entertaining at that time. You know, had like a storyline involved when right. the police uh, at that time for that for that timeline. Mm. And he was pretty good at what he did, you know. So he he came in, did the movie. It was pretty good. You know, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to that guy. Mm. 
Wow. So you were, for that film, you were basically just kind of writing in the back end. Yeah, I was mostly in the back end. Yeah, I basically did the writing, assisted the, the main director and everything, mm. did the scheduling. Oh, wow. I did a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah I think everything I, everything I learned, I have to admit, I, I got it, all my skill set probably from that movie. Oh, really? You know, I think, yeah, I think that movie really prepared me for like project management. Right, which is where you're at right now, basically. Well, marketing, yeah. Yeah. They're doing a lot of project management. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that's what oh, it is. Yeah, Scheduling, cool. meeting deadlines, making sure you have the right people. Yeah. Making sure you have the right props, you know, settings. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of things to deal with. Yeah, we did all of that, you know. Yeah, looking back, I think it was a great, great thing great that we training, did. You know, great training, great yeah. experience. You know, I if you ask me again, I would definitely do it again. I didn't get paid shit, but right. you know, <laughs> yeah, like, that was that's yeah, that was a bad ending at the end right. of the day. But you know, uh, yeah, I would do it again. I think huh. the experience alone is definitely amazing. Was this the end of your film career? Yeah, so pretty much. Speak. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. then, yeah, my my mom was like, "What the heck? <laughs> you have is this what you want to do? Yeah, Son. this is what you want to do. Make movies here." <laughs> and I was like, "What's so bad about it?" They're like, "Come on." Actually, the industry does have a bad rep. Really? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, but I think that's any movie industry. You know, they all take advantage of people. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. like Harvey Weinstein kind of stories. Oh, there's there a lot was, of that. I'm sure. There's a lot of that. You know, there was a lot in Nepal too. Okay. Um, I don't know the people involved, but I heard a lot of stuff. And yeah, personally for me, it was a big deal because I had this vision that, you know, we are the new modern era. And if we ever stepped in, you know, we should you know, try to get rid of this kind of behavior, mm. you know, kind of thing, like kind of like that, like that I think, stupid mentality, I think, <laughs> you know, you, you think you're going to change the world when you're young. You yeah. know? It's, it's, it's good to have. A I'm not going to say it's naivete. not. Yes. Yeah, of youth. Yes, you know, it, it's good to have. I think used in the right way, I think it can do better things, you know, and then that was it. And then, you know, my mom was like, what the F? And, and I was like, okay. Go learn Chinese. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'll go to Taiwan now. <laughs> so this I, was- I can do the accent because I'm technically Chinese. Right, <laughs> technically. He technically. is a Wong. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so it's not racist, how dare you? <laughs> So when I can, I can also do the Indian accent. Oh, the Indian's the best. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. But you were just shaking your head. Ah, luckily, no one saw that. You can't see it. No one saw that, so it didn't happen. Okay, so after working on two films, giving yep. up the film industry in yes. Nepal and starting over, coming to Taiwan to yep. go to grad school, is that yeah, kind of the that, that was the thing? plan. Yeah, that was the plan. Okay. Come here to do the MBA program. So when I came here, it was January. I was already late for that year. So I thought, yeah, it's fine. You know, learn Chinese maybe. And then the next year, I was like, do I even want to apply? Do I really want to do this with my life? And I wasn't sure. So mm -hmm. The second year, I didn't apply because I wasn't sure. I was just like, I don't know. I'll still do what I'm doing, which was teaching English, right? Because mm -hmm. the only thing you can do in Taiwan, if you don't know any other, if you don't know Chinese, you know, back in the day, that's the only thing you can do. Definitely. Now, of course, there's a lot of stuff you can do, you know, but 14 years ago, you know, you don't have a lot of options. You know, your options are limited. Again, I'm not saying you don't have anything. It's just my options were limited. So I'm mm. talking about my personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> just in case somebody goes, no, how dare you? There was stuff, okay? Like, I'm sorry. I'm not as talented as you. All right. So yeah, you know, started teaching English. And then, uh, you know, fast forward, like two years later, I was like, all right, I think this is what I really want to do. Apply to an MBA program. Just mm. do it. And I did it and got in. Very lucky. And then, um, yeah, 
Then, National Chengchi University. Yeah. Yeah. National very famous Sensu. IMBA program. Right? IMBA. Yeah. I'm here to plug that. Exactly. Yes. You should do the IMBA program at NCCU, yeah. not NTU. How right. dare you? Oh, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare go to uh, Taida. Okay. <laughs> no Taida is allowed. <laughs> Only Zhenda. Yeah, no. yeah. So what about Zhenda? What, what is so great about Zhenda's program? Let me think about it. <laughs> How's that for a plug? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I did that on purpose. No, I think I think for me, what I think is, uh, I think there are different people who look for what's in a program, right? Mm. For me, what I looked for was, you know, whether I'm going to learn something there or I'm going to learn something from the people there. Um, that was my mindset going in. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who are like, I just want to learn from the teachers and I don't care about anybody else in the class. Like, mm. I'm not here to make friends. I think there are people like that. And then there's there's people who are like, I'm here to get married. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, there were a couple of people, you know, they were like, I'm here to look for a wife. You know, and we're like, what? But okay. That's funny. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I heard you're very rich. I can change my sex. Um, <laughs> Whoa, really? You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but hey, you know, you do you, right? Exactly. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> We're not um, judging here. Yeah. So, you know, that's that was Zenda. Uh, and then they were like, um, I think for me, I think the professors were great. Hmm. You know, I wouldn't say every single professor was great because obviously, you know, everybody has their favorites and there sure. are ones you don't like. You know, there is no, I'm pretty sure there is no school that you went to that you think every single faculty is 100%. Right. I, I don't think that exists, you know. Hmm. In life, there is nothing like that. So so for me at Zenda, it was like, okay, there are some professors who are really good. Uh, there are some who are like, okay, and then there are some that you might not like, but mm. it doesn't mean other people don't like them. There were other people that liked them, just not my thing, right? So that's stunned out for me, but I think at the end of the day, what I learned most is is about the people. So we have a good mix, about 60 kids, adults. Um, you know, The school intake every year is 60 people, 30 local, 30 international. Mm. And I think it gives you a good opportunity to mix with those people. So regardless of where you're from, you know, you do learn a lot about, you know, how they think and how they look at certain projects. Mm. Like there are people who are like, you know, group projects. IMBA is all about group projects anyway. They never make you do anything by yourself. They're like, I don't care because everything's about working in a team. I think that makes sense because, mm -hmm. you know, in a work environment, that's what you're doing as well. Yeah. Um, unless you're like, I don't know, you have a special job where you're just doing things by yourself. I don't know about those jobs. But, you know, I, my job mostly involves only working with teams. So it's in that for me was perfect. I learned a lot, made very good friends. And I think that actually kind of made me, you know, want to stay in Taiwan, honestly. Mm. That's, that's actually what happened. I actually made very good friends in Zenta. And then I got a job, you know, in the tech sector. And that, then that was that. And mm. then, you know, there was no looking back. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, I just, I will make this my life. Like, you know, if you had asked me back then, before I joined the program, would you live in Taiwan? I'd probably be like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm not sure. Right. You know, but after all that stuff, I was like, I think this is what I want to do. I mean, there was a time when I did go back to Nepal for like three months, you know. Uh, but then when I was there, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to be here anymore. You know, like, I, I don't feel like I'm part of that place. You know, yeah, I just yeah. didn't feel it. Not because I don't like the people or whatever. It's just you just never feel like you belong there, you know, because people always look at you weird. Hmm. I think in Taiwan, I, was, I still feel a little bit like that. You know, like people still look at me and be like, where are you from? You know, like, what are you? Hmm. I get that look a lot. Uh, but then at least I have a, you know, you know, a good friend circle that is just like kind of made of a people like me, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, so it's, 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 it's all good. Was the programming 100% in English? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, my Chinese is terrible, so okay. <laughs> I would have never cut it. 
I would have probably <laughs> flunked out if it was all in Chinese. Um, uh, so yeah, you have to make sure you get into the IMBA program. Right. Because Tanta does have a couple of MBA programs. There's oh, like an AMBA. Okay. And then there's like a regular MBA. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's an EMBA for the older folks. So you just put a letter on it and figure out what your letter is. So if your Chinese is poop, then go for the I. If your Chinese is poopy poopy, yeah, <laughs> go for the I. If your Chinese is pretty good and you're older, you know, <laughs> go and for the E. Go for the E. That's where you meet all the executives. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So if you're like, you know, if you're need single, a future husband. Yeah, need a future husband. You want right. him to be loaded, maybe second, third wife. Then learn Chinese first. Or husband, you know. And then, then yeah, go yeah, for it, man. Go searching. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The campus is very nice too, I think. That area, it's very mountainous, huge mountains, like the ones you grew up looking at. Yeah, I think the problem is because I grew up in mountains. I was like, eh. <laughs> I think that's how I felt. I People are like, I like this campus. I'm like, eh. But, you know, I've been to the Tai Tai campus, mm. right? They have those little palm trees down, you know, yeah, down this, this gigantic. Pond, palm oh, trees. I, that's a campus. That's a campus. That's a campus. Yeah. I know I went to Tenda, but I'm telling you, man, Taita campus oh, looks how better. How dare you? Listen to you already. Just, but just, just that part. Though. Oh, just that part. Okay. Yeah, just that okay. part. Just I haven't, little, I haven't seen the other parts. A little of love. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tenda is great for hiking. You know, so if you're yeah. if you're into hiking and stuff, then yeah, you can hike up that hill. Yeah, you can. That Tenda has gondola up to uh, Malcong and. Well, yeah, that's another story. Beach. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing. No, I'm talking about just the campus. Just the campus. I mean, itself. if you have to take the area around the campus, then I think, yeah, Tsentai is better. Mm. It has, I guess, more nature, I guess, you know, right. in a way. And Taita is right in the middle of the city, you know. It's a stone's throw from here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very close to here. Yes, yeah, so if you want convenience, mm, Taita for sure. And Tsentai is like, yeah, all the way down there, man. Exactly. <laughs> so you graduated with a E, no, sorry, I. Yeah. I MBA. MBA, yeah. And then what did you do? Well, actually, halfway through my program, I got a job. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I, you know, that's some one ROI of my, right there. One of my seniors was leaving. Okay. I think it's all about networking, right? Yeah. So so the more people you know, the better your chances are, right? Because, you know, no one's going to give you a job just based on your paperwork, right? They're mm -hmm. just they're going to look at your face anyway. Mm -hmm. That's why we have interviews, man. Yep. Otherwise, sure there would be no interviews. They'd exactly. just be like, yeah, I like your paper. You look so great. Let's just put you on. So, yeah, I went for an interview, and then they were looking for a person to do certain jobs, like, you know, marketing stuff. I looked at my resume. My background is ticks all the boxes, you know? Like, uh, for me, like, when I look at marketing back in the day, at that time, it was like, oh, do you do social media? And I was like, well, yes. This is 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, when I moved to Taiwan in 2008, not a lot of people had Facebook in Taiwan. It was weird. I was like, oh, you're in Facebook? They were like, what is that? Whoa, really? Yeah, that's how it used to be, 2008. Wow, okay. Um, by 2011, I think almost everybody was on Facebook. And then in 2008, they were, uh, the job was like, oh, can you do social media? I was like, yeah, I do that. Look at my social media. They were right. like, wow, so active. I was like, yes. <laughs> so active. Yeah, they were like, uh, what about press you know, press releases stuff? And I was like, yeah, I've been doing that since I was 18 because I've, I've been doing that back in when I was young. Did a lot of that press release writing. And I was like, that's my degree, communication mm, studies, journalism. That. You know, I was like, uh, here's my uh, journalism course. It says I wrote a feature story that was printed in the newspaper. And they were like, oh, very nice. You know, you got the job. Yeah. Then they were like, oh, I really like your attitude, too. And then what do you think of this and that? And I was like, yeah, I think this, I think that. Yeah, great. Hmm. You're hired. Hmm. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. And then they were like, but your pay is going to be this. And I was like, oh, shit. But oh. OK. 
<clears throat> I need something. Yes, it's a Taiwan pay. Well, it's just, yeah, it's part of life, man. You it gotta. Is. I guess there's two ways to look at it. One way is no, I don't believe in it, and I will still do something else, and that's fine, right? Mm. And then there's other people who are like, yeah, I'll just take this opportunity because you don't know when the next door is going to open for you. Sure, yeah, right. And I'm not the kind of person that still has the luxury to wait for something to happen. I just got to take it. The way I look at life is when there's a door opening or like a door's ajar. You gotta kick it down, man. You gotta stick your head in there. Yeah, you gotta like, yeah, you gotta push like, it open. Yeah, you gotta like break that door down. Right, that's, that's what I what I think. Mm. Right, because no one's gonna hold the door open for you. Right, you know, no, no one's gonna do. It's not, yeah, open yeah. another one for you. Yeah, unless you know, like you know, yeah, unless the, you have some good friends mm. or like your Baba the Pengyo, you know, right, exactly, like your dad's some friends or uncle's friends <laughs> or some good Quanchi, right, exactly. Yeah, it's all about relatives and who you know, right? Most yep. of the time, that's that's how it is. I mean, it is that's the facts of life. You know, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. It's mm. not. I'm not saying this is Taiwan only. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's it's a very common thing. It's not wrong. It's just how things are because people want to hire people they know or someone can stand up for them or you know they can trust. You can trust or right. have a good reference. That's why yeah. you want to bring those people on board. Otherwise, why would you? It doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's very rare to just, you know, you don't trust somebody and just hire them to do a very important job. It's never going to happen. So, you know, it's it's a human nature. So that's how I look at it. And yeah, so I I, I took my chances. You know, it was pay was uh, half of what I was making teaching English. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I took, I took it anyway. I said, it's fine. I got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Because when I came to Taiwan and I started teaching English, it's not like I made that pay from day one. Right. I also made like crappy pay, you know. Like when I moved to Taiwan, I only had what like thirty five thousand NTD on me. Mm. That was it, and I bought a laptop. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I bought a laptop, so and then that was up from yeah. Here. I was like, I I was like, I gotta play Call of Duty, man. Right. <laughs> Modern Warfare. I don't Priorities. know if you guys know that game. Yeah. That was the. It was that time. All right. Yep, so exactly. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I gotta get this laptop from Asus. Yeah. <laughs> Gaming laptop. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So that's that's what I spent my savings on. You know, savings from Nepal, man. No money. Right. Um. Yeah. And then the joke between my uncle and me is this: when I first moved to Taiwan. One day I was going up into his apartment and then some neighbors next door came running out. They were like, hey, I need your help. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, who are you? They were like, dad, you please help us. I was like, uh, okay, sure, let's go. And then they were like, oh, and then they said it in Chinese, like half Chinese, half English. Hmm. I couldn't understand what they were saying, but then the broken English, they pointed at the trash and they said, there's a mouse. Oh. At first they were like, Tom and Jerry? Jerry. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, Tom they were like, Tom and Jerry, Jerry, Jerry in the trash. All right. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a mouse, you know? And then I was like, okay, cool, it's in a trap. It's it's on that stuck little thingy. Right. You know? It's in that little that sticky, sticky thingy. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I was like, ooh, okay, what do you want me to do with it? They were like, put it into the trash bag. I was like, oh, okay, sure. I'm fucking shit scared of this stuff, man. <laughs> but you know, there's three women. Um, <laughs> all right. And I'm like, and there's, yeah, there, I'm, there's three women, there's one guy in their office and i was like i'm so scared of this shit but i'm gonna be the real man and do this thing i'm an actor yeah <laughs> i can act through this sequence i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god in my heart right oh yeah i'm dying but it just did it man <laughs> i grabbed it i dumped it into the bag and then i was like here you go and they were like oh thank you so much thank you so much and then they gave me these <laughs> these apples oh, these wow. gigantic apples i don't know what apples they were but they're definitely not the Japanese ones, but they were pretty big. Yeah. You know, and, and then they gave it to me and I was like, oh, 
I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, I don't want it. But they were like, no, please, you know, for, thank you for helping oh, us. The, yeah, the yeah. rat just ate it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it with you. You, you like rats, yeah, I was obviously. Like, I was like, wait a minute. How did you know I'm from a third world country? You know, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, so they were like, please take this shit with you. I was like, oh, okay. So I took it. And then my, my uncle goes, <laughs> I told him the whole story. And then right. he goes, oh, shit, that's your first paycheck in Taiwan. That's your first paycheck. <laughs> Two that's apples. Your first paycheck. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it was like two apples. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh shit, that is true." It two was apples. two apples, and yeah, that's where I started. <laughs> <laughs> two apples, man. Wow. Um, Hold on, is this post MBA or is no? This it's before? Okay. way before when okay. I first moved. When I just got here. Like, I see. Uh, two months. <laughs> two months in Taiwan. If that was your first post MBA paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still here. Oh no, man! Years yeah, later. I would never be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom, would be like, I am not proud of you. <laughs> again, yeah, again. <laughs> so, do you think that okay? Because you graduated from that IMBA, and then you got a job before you graduated. Do yes. you think that if you started an IMBA same program now, do you think that those opportunities are the same now? The reason I'm asking this is I feel like perhaps back in those days, it was actually easier to get a job if you yeah, spoke English and had an IMBA than now. Uh, maybe the requirements would be higher now. Maybe your Chinese proficiency requirements, I yes. think those might be higher now as well. Yes, I, I, yeah, I think so too. I think okay. Chinese proficiency is definitely more, I think, required now. Right. Then I think it's just because a lot of foreigners speak Chinese now, you know, because everyone's trying to get one one up over every single generation. So I think that's definitely there. Um, I also think it's partly because of, you know, a, a lot of people also kind of felt like I think since 2008, a lot of people felt like it was easier to go work in China than Taiwan. True. Yeah. So a lot of the, the real good talent and then the useless ones like us, right, we're here, <laughs> you know, but then the really good talents are all in China. Mm -hmm. Um Getting paid so, triple, triple the salary, yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah, triple the salary of Taiwan, and mm -hmm. then. Yeah, but then you ask them, right? Yo, if you get paid the same in China, Taiwan, would you come back? They're like, hell yeah. Mm, They'll be like, that, that's yeah. a dumb question. Don't ever ask me that again. Right, right, right. You know, so, <laughs> so I, I know that everybody's like that. You mm. know, so it's nothing wrong. It's just the, it's just the way the pay, pay is structured here. But then again, there are people who actually get paid well. You know, in Taiwan, there are a lot of jobs that still pay well. You just need to find them, or you need to. You know, uh, have expertise in that sector that they need or require, mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to predict uh, what people are going to need or require at some point because you know there are people leaving. Also, right? what what I mean by that is, yeah, sometimes some jobs open up not because they have a new job requirement or something. It's because you know people retired or they moved or they left the country or they moved to China or whatever, man. Mm. They just moved to somewhere else, you know. Yeah, and that's how these openings uh, come up. Mm -hmm. You know, and so most times it's literally just based on networking. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, some people and they'll be like, hey, you know, I think you'd be pretty good. Apply here. I'll put a good good word for you. Mm. And that's how it works. Literally have to, you know, as far as I know, that's how it's worked so far. Uh, maybe there's other people who are like, hey, you know, and if you're completely wrong, it's worked differently. Sure. I mean, I don't know how many people you know that's happened like that. Right. But the ones I know have definitely not worked like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but that's Taiwan, man. So the last, uh, how many years you have been working in the same industry, the tech industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we call it tech. I don't know if I would even call it tech, but sure. Yeah, it's, it's a tech. Computer tech hardware. Tech sounds sexy. Yeah. Computer <laughs> hardware. Right? Computer hardware. It's technologically advanced. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's computer hardware, and I've been doing this forever now. 
um, started with laptops and stuff and then moved into like computer components, still doing computer components in a, a different company now. And yeah, so it's, it's not bad, you know, computer components, pretty good business. It's a big business here for big sure. Big business. Well, we don't, we don't sell here, right. but yeah, I mean, all the manufacturing is done from Taiwan, right. right? They're all, they're known for that. So, I mean, sorry, manufacturing is done in China. All the design mm. stuff comes from abroad. The team sets it up in Taiwan. It goes to China. China makes it happen, then ships it out. And then Taiwanese are like, okay, I'll take, you know, 20% of this thing. And then the Chinese factories are like, I'll take 5% of this thing. You know, and then if you have some, you know, good teams in China, they're like, I'm going to take like 85% of this. Thing. Right. So <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm making the rest of the money, right? And so then maybe buy the company out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most yeah. times that's what's happening. That's so. what's happening to a lot of my friends, actually. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. So that's how it's going, man. Uh, so how is that? How has been working in the tech computer hardware space in Taiwan for over, what, 10 years? Yeah. Can we say? Yeah, over yeah. 10 years. What has that been like? It's been good. You know, yeah. a lot of good people. People move around, you know, and the industry is a lot smaller than you would think. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of consumers, you feel like, oh, wow, this guy, this company. I think in Taiwan, it's pretty common. Everyone knows what's it like. But outside of Taiwan, I think a lot of people are like, oh, wow, you know, this this company and that company. And then, but at the end of the day, man, it's the same guy moving around the same five companies. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's true, man. So it's like the ideas are not, it's just, it's the same dude with the same idea. He just took it to another place and just... Uh, did it again with maybe more budget, right? If it's a marketing thing, you know, that's, that's what it is. Or right. come up with some new ideas because you have a new team set up. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a sales rep, then it's like, you know, um, you're taking your customers around the place, you know, or sometimes it's just like some years, um, maybe some product, some brand will come up with some good products, you know, and then another year, somebody else's turn. But that is the computer hardware, the component side of things, because actually nobody owns their own how do I put it? Factory. Well, there are some people who own the factory, but then most of the players don't own their own factory. Of so course. it literally comes back, all comes out from the same factory. Mm. So it just comes down to who's selling more and who can get a better bargaining power. Right. You know, and so then and then your end, which is who can market better to certain markets. Yeah. So yeah, right. my job is marketing. So I have to say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it really just <laughs> comes down to also volume business, you know, mm. like who's a, uh, let's say a particular region, we sell more volume and then the factory is more than happy to give it to us. Right. So I'll give you an example. Uh, we might sell the same product. It looks the same. Okay. I color it differently and I sell it only in, let's say, Thailand example. And the factory is happy to let me sell it in Thailand because I will say I need like way more uh, units in Thailand and they're happy to give it to me. Right. And let's say my competitor is like, yo, I can sell it in Indonesia. Give me the same thing and I can do more units than me and the factory's like all right sure go go do it so you might see the same product <laughs> sold through different brands right. in different countries but produced by the same factory yeah at the end of the day the factory's the winner man yeah exactly yeah so that's the that's the cheap side of the things right obviously there's the high-end one which is where there's some research and development and design that goes in but on the cheap level that's what's happening yeah and that's why people are very the consumers are confused all the time and then they think like oh you're copying and you're copying no you're copying and it's like well honestly man no one's copying it's the same shit <laughs> it came from the factory all right? right we're not copying it's just that's what the factory said the factory said yo sell this where we can said, you sell this yeah we said we, we can sell it here yeah. we can make a, we can make more yeah, yeah exactly and they're like i'll sell it to you cheaper i was like great perfect we'll take it yeah, yeah. we talked about that it's like this light right here this uh <laughs> <laughs> this ring light yes it's ubiquitous 
if you go to like Guanghua, uh, yeah, you're gonna see Plaza, a lot of them, right? Yeah, and every single shop has different yes. ones, different sizes, different sizes, and they're pretty much the exact same thing with yes. a couple little things different. But yes, you might have a cable different, you might have a quality difference, um, you might have maybe the weight difference. Mm. You know, it really comes down to sometimes just suppliers, and at the end of the day, it's just like. Yeah, everyone's usually selling the same thing. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's the PCB inside of it, right. the way the light lights up. Okay, you know, because there's a lot of these factories, right? And it's everyone's sourcing from different places. And so at the end of the day, you might end up, you know, with similar stuff. It looks very similar, but it actually functions completely differently because of whatever the, the the module they have inside the light. And depending on what you want, you can actually increase the price or decrease the price. So hmm. um, if my brand is more popular, I will increase the price. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is maybe I will add another chip inside my light. As an example, like let's say uh, when you unplug it and you plug it back in or turn it on and off, it still remembers the light that was previous before oh, you turn it off. I see. <clears throat> so it, it remembers the setting. So it's a memory chip. And then you, you know, because of the memory chip, the, the cost is higher. And then people just, you know, that's why the product is that. more expensive. Yep. And sometimes you're like, oh, they look the same. What's the difference? And it's very difficult to tell the difference when you're until you actually start using it. Then you're mm. like, oh, this one keeps the light on as it is. If I turn it off, it turns back on to the same thing. I turn it off on. Right. And this one, if I turn it off, it goes back to whatever default setting. And then you're like, oh, but then regular consumers are not going to know all that stuff because you're not you're not buying you know five different lights, man. You're just exactly. you're gonna only buy one. Just pick one, right? You're yeah. gonna pick one based on your gut feeling. Yeah, right. And or price. whoever, yeah, or whoever told you this is good, right? And that's or my cool job. Packaging. Yeah, and that's my job. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fool them with the packaging. Yes, convince you to buy my <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, what kind of stuff are you convincing people to buy? Oh, we sell a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff. They're actually pretty good, uh, comparatively. Got to say that. What a marketer. What kind of products can you say? Uh, it's computer hardware, mm. um, components, um, cooling, power supplies, cases, you know, streaming lights, whatever, cameras, mm. microphones. Uh, I, think, I think for the price, it's actually pretty good. Honestly, the, I, I also use it at work, you know, so I think it's pretty good. Um, yeah, if I didn't believe in it, I don't think I'd be there for so long. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's another way to look at it, right? True that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken yeah. like a true marketer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where are your largest markets outside of Taiwan? You said you don't sell any of your products inside yeah, of Taiwan. Yeah, so. South America is one. You know, okay. We sell pretty well in South America, so that's mm. pretty good. That's going good for us. Europe is, uh, is another region. Hmm. So those are the two regions. Okay. And yeah, we're, we've we got our sites. Um, let's see. Let's see how 2023 plans out, man. Got a lot of plans. There's some plans. Got a lot of plans. I mean, every company is making plans right now, man. It's right. Not, it's not something that's rocket science. Everyone's doing the same thing. So we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So how did COVID affect you guys? I mean, with supply chains and logistics, you know, complete oh. disaster. So yeah. I'm wondering... Like in, in the beginning, that's what everyone thought would happen. Mm. But the demand went up from consumers because everybody was at home. at home. They were like, hey, I need this. I need that. I need computer stuff. Yeah, at home. I need computer stuff. And people <laughs> were like, you know, maybe I would upgrade every three to five years. And now all of a sudden, because I'm using it more often, right. I might as well upgrade now. Mm. You know, so, so demand went up like crazy. Um, mm. So then, you know, everybody was rushing to just plug in that demand. And then the forecast was through the roof. So people were actually making more products than needed in mm. a way. 
And then the logistics guys, the shipping companies were like, wow, everybody's wanting to buy all this stuff. I'm just going to increase my price. And they're like, whoa, it's still going up. I'm going to increase my price. Whoa, demand is still going up. It didn't come down at all. I'm going to increase my price again. So, yeah, so, you know, I think you must have seen that in the news, like, you know, Taiwan's uh, logistics companies, Mm. gigantic bonuses and stuff. That's where it all comes from. Yeah, but this year has been bad. So I'm pretty sure everything's going to drop down again. But inflation's going up, so I don't know how that's going to work out. Right. Yeah. What other headwinds are you guys facing? Any other problems? Oh, there's a lot of stuff we can't talk about. (laughs) Any more and probably get fired from my job. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah, they already found out that you're a secret agent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this guy. That guy. (laughs) We knew it. We knew there was something going on there when he wears a hat with the wig. Yeah. This guy can't be trusted. (laughs) He cannot be trusted. He speaks four languages. Right. Exactly. Huh. A fifth one. A fifth one. So 14 years in Taiwan. What does that mean? And you have also, as we alluded to in the very beginning of the podcast, you have married a Taiwanese woman. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, your first... Well, 14 years in Taiwan, what does that mean? It means my Chinese still is terrible. Oh, how dare you? That's embarrassing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should ask, how, how many years before you think you're... Will it be 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe my kid will teach me Chinese, man. <laughs> That's that's what's going to happen. I, I know a lot of guys who actually came in after me, and their Chinese is already way better than, well, I mean, mine's already pretty shit. But, you know, like, <laughs> their Chinese is, like, way better, man. Like, mm. way better. But that's what I mean. I really think back in the day, it was fine, and, and yeah. you could really survive. But I really think nowadays, you really need to, you really need to learn, I think, to kind of be very comfortable here. Or no, you think it's... I don't know, because I, I still, okay, there's a couple of guys I know that haven't really practiced their Chinese, I believe. And they had already been in Taiwan for over 10 years when oh. I was here Okay, 10 years ago. And they were saying that they don't even speak a word of Chinese. How, wow. So now they've been here maybe 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> you know, so I don't know how they're doing. I should probably message them and be like, yo, how's it going? Are you, how's your Chinese? Oh, um, impressive. Yeah, at least I can speak when I need to. Maybe they're just all supporters of the bilingual 2030 campaign. and. <laughs> 2022 or 2023 now. <laughs> right. Man, bilingual. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what do you think about that, Hanif? Uh, yeah, that's not happening, man. That's not happening. How dare you? Yeah, I know. Taiwan's listening right now. She... <laughs> <laughs> you are saying that they're... Oh, man. Maybe they're going to bring me on TV and, and tell me, yeah. They're probably going to call me on TV. Exactly. Be like, yo, this guy. We need to cast him. Find his we're status. Gonna, we're going to turn him and cast him in our in our first promotional video. No, I think they're probably going to be like, find his, track him through his phone because we already have his COVID vaccinations. Right. We're going to revoke all that stuff, you know, and then, uh, yeah. Huh. And then and then we'll see who's having the last laugh, exactly. eh? Exactly. And Eve Wong. Oh, I shouldn't have said my name. Right. Now I'm in trouble. Huh, really, you don't think, you don't think Taiwan will ever become a bilingual nation i didn't say ever i just said 2030 is it sounds difficult it just seems really difficult man i, I don't understand how yeah like i mean i don't see any 
again, maybe I'm not in that sector. I'm not in the education sector. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there's a lot of programs already, or maybe there are just programs supposed to have been in place, but you know, sometimes the execution is not done right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like any other job, you know, like, you know, like, you know, as, as a leader or as a boss, you can, we can say whatever we, we want to say, but you know, it needs to really come down to execution. And we need to look at, you know, whether you have the right people in place and whether they're executing it. And then what are the numbers you should be looking at for executing it? And if you're looking at the wrong number, then yeah, then you will think it's working. But in reality, maybe it's not. Because sometimes your subordinates are not going to be telling you like, yeah, we're not working. We're not doing it. Mm. No one's going to tell you that stuff. They're all, they're all going to say, yeah, it's happening. For right. sure it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there could be that happening as well, you know, which we're not aware of. But yeah. But you're skeptical. Well, I mean, let me put it this way. I think I, sh- I need to be more honest about it. What does she mean by bilingual by 2030? What does it mean exactly? What are the policies in place? What exactly outputs are there for it to be bilingual 2030? I don't know about it. I'm ignorant. Maybe I should go read about it and then I'll have a better idea or answer about this thing as well. Mm. So, you know, right now I'm just a ignorant dum-dum <laughs> that doesn't know anything about the policy. So, so there it is. I am negative about it because I don't know <laughs> shit about it. All right. That was a good save, actually. That yeah, well, yeah, exactly. What a dumbass. What people will say, <laughs> you know, which is which is fine, right? I mean, but that's how most people are. Mm, you know, it doesn't. That. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't affect me immediately. So obviously, maybe I don't care. But tomorrow, I might be like, oh, hey, you know, my son is gonna start, you know, kindergarten or whatever, like let's say elementary school. Oh, I care about this bilingual thing. You know, when does it start? <laughs> maybe, mm, right? True that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's just how things are. Mm. So you have a son now. Are yes. you planning to end, obviously, a Taiwanese wife? So yes. is Taiwan home for you now? Do you hey, s- home is where the heart is, man. I'm here. That means it's home. Right. <laughs> Maybe if I move to Taichung or Kaohsiung, that's also going to be home. That will be home. And I, I heard they only speak, you know, Taiyu down there. Yeah, you're going to have to learn another sixth language. <laughs> <laughs> My Taiyu is even worse, man. Yeah, yeah, my wife's from Taichung, so they so speak. Does she they speak, speak Taiyu? Taiyu she Taiwanese. Speaks, okay. 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 She can understand most of it, but okay. she speaks okay. And mine's terrible. It's just uh, Taiyu is fun to curse in. Is it? It's a yeah. I don't know the sure. curse words in Taiyu. I think it's much. Uh, it's much stronger. Oh, okay. And more emphatic. Man, you're like, you've been here three years, Japanese American, telling me how to curse in Taiyu <laughs> when my wife is from Taichung. <laughs> you can ask her when you, yeah, ask her. Ask her tonight. Ask her about cursing and I don't know how much of a, oh, she'd probably, a polite woman she probably she won't is. tell me. She yeah, might not. She'd be probably able to be like, that, no, you're not doing that. We're not, we're not going there. Yeah. <laughs> which is bed. fine. Yeah, which is fine. I'm actually trying to practice cursing more in Nepali in Taiwan. Because when I'm driving with my son, right, you know, I don't want to end up cursing and then he's going to pick it up. Oh, I see. But if I curse in Nepali in Taiwan, no one's going to care. No one will care. Yeah. Well, except for a few Nepali people, maybe. But, you know, but (laughs) hopefully they won't hear me. Right. So then that'll be fine. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and then, you know, even my son is like saying that word over and over again. No Mm. one's going to care about it. Yeah. Which is going to be perfect. Yes. It's the power of many languages. again. Yes, exactly, man. Yeah. Man of international mystery. Exactly. What language will he curse in next? (laughs) Exactly. So speaking of that last topic, uh, what about the Nepali community here in Taiwan? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea about that. You're not connected. No. No. You are a Taiwanese man now. I'm a lone ranger man. You are a lone ranger. Yes. 
Yes. Looking for my, uh, what's the other guy? What's the Lone Ranger dude? The other guy. The Lone Ranger sidekick? Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp. What's his name? <laughs> it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, the guy, man. Toto. <laughs> now I remember it. I, I like Johnny Depp better. <laughs> Toto. Is it Tonto? Oh. I'm confused now. Now I think you're talking about. Toto is the dog from uh, Wizard of Oz, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, man. I'm so confused no, now. It's just like, what the oh, man. I think it's like Don Quixote. And oh, Pancho okay. and Sancho. Okay. Panchito. I don't know who I that is. I have no idea either. I know Don I, Quixote. Saying words. I think that's also Johnny Depp, wasn't it? it everything is Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp. It's Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Okay. So you don't what about Nepali food? Um, well, yeah, okay. Here's here's where the confusion gets in. Uh oh. Um, yeah, so we're Tibetan people. Right. Uh grew up in Nepal. Right. Well, my family grew up in India. So there's a lot of food that's Tibetan Indian mixed. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so so Nepali food in our house is actually not as much uh, consumed in a way. Oh. It's okay. mostly Tibetan food. Oh. And there's a mix of Chinese food as well because oh, my yeah. dad is from Qinghai. Right. Yeah, so our our home food is very different. It, it's a what I know is it is very similar to Xinjiang food. Oh yeah, because Xinjiang and yeah. Shanghai yeah border yeah. each other. Like right. I went to yeah, I went to a restaurant yeah. in Shanghai. Like a Xinjiang, my cousin was like, "Dude, dude, Xinjiang food is so good." Dude. Yeah, he was like, "Dude, you're missing out something." And I was like, "What is it?" He goes, "Home food." I was like, "Yeah, I haven't had that in a while." He goes, "I'm gonna take you to one in Shanghai." Yeah, I, I, I had this business trip in Shanghai for like one night, and he was like, <laughs> "Yo, let me take you Xinjiang food," and I was like, "Wow, this wow. is amazing," Ooh. you know. Just yeah. talking about it no. freaking makes me want to eat it right now. I this know. is terrible. And you came in hungry too. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had dinner. This is terrible. This is oh, a man. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't actually found a restaurant like that in Taiwan. Like you have. No, no I haven't. haven't. I haven't. I, I mean, I know they call themselves Xinjiang food, but it's not, man. Like, it's it's a, it's a like Xinjiang food, but it's not the same. Like we eat like this boiled meat. In our house, we call it rasha. Russia. I think it's, I think that's Tibetan word. Again, I'm not sure if it's Tibetan. I think it's Tibetan. Okay. Yeah, Russia. Right? So it's like it's like buff buffalo or beef or, or or lamb, whatever. It's this boiled meat that's done in like man. Just talking about You're it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't You're even drooling. talk about it, man. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna eat the mic. Now. It's terrible. I'm sorry. I can't. All right, I can't do this right now. Anyway. anyway, the food was it's good. Over. It's food over. is great. You know, I, I you know that was that's all I can say. Yeah, I, I really wish I could eat something like that here in Taiwan. One of my actually one of my old students from New York City when I was in Beijing, he came back to Beijing and took me to an amazing Xinjiang restaurant right outside of uh, the university campus. And oh, oh man, yeah, I can't talk either. I start drooling. Mm. It was so good. They had they use a lot of starch, so it's like either bread inside of their kind of stews mm -hmm. or pasta mm -hmm. as well. They use a lot of pasta, and then and then just a mix, a hodgepodge of like meats and vegetables, and yeah, those meats are yeah. There's a lot of long, meat, man. Yeah, a lot of meat. A lot of meat. Like growing up, I had meat in every single dish. Even veggies, you know, inside right. the veggies. Yeah, inside the veg. There's there's meat. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, you know Indian food, right? Mm. There's like dal. You've had dal. dal. Yeah, of yeah. course, with the chickpeas. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so the Pakistani, the, the Pakistani version of dal is well, I think Muslim. They have a uh, dal gosh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know dal yeah, gosh with the meat in yeah. it. Yeah, I love lamb gosh, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Well, gosh actually means lamb meat, but anyway, you know right. dal gosh. Yeah. Man, in our house, we used to put like dal gosh all the time. Oh, so it's like wow. we had meat in every single dish, including the dal. You know. Huh. And a lot of Nepalese didn't understand that growing up as a kid. Now right. I think they do because they get it. They're like, oh, dal gosh and all that stuff. You know? Right. But when everybody's young, they don't understand. Yeah, mixing dal, dal with gosh. gosh. Yeah, well, you got this meat in you your dal, you weird people. <laughs> you know, or like. Especially for the vegetarians. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of Indians back in the day were also quite, you know, vegetarian. They of were course. like, hey, you know, I'm Hindu. I don't eat the stuff. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, if you know a lot about Hinduism, then there's Jainism, right? That's yeah. Like, that's even like takes it up one notch. That takes it up. They're like, no exactly. onions. And it's like, what the heck? You know? Yes. It gets very confusing later. Yeah. It's like the Taiwanese, yeah. like hardcore Buddhist. With oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah, onions yeah, yeah. And garlic. That's what I've heard. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yes. Exactly. That's one way to describe it. And yeah. then people will get it then. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I have had a, a tough time trying to explain the differences. Mm, you know, but yeah. now that you bring it up, I, yeah, I, I should I should do that. Yeah. The hardcore Taiwanese Buddhist will yeah. appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You're comparing like, I get it. I get you. I got you. <laughs> we are speaking the same language now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Speaking of which, weren't you the one who asked me about Buddha? Was, I, was it you? I don't think so. Oh, it's not you. Okay, never. Yeah, mind. but what about Buddha? No, Where's somebody Buddha? said. No, it's just a random thing in my head. It just okay. popped up because they were like, <laughs> somebody was like, "Oh, tell us about the Buddha thingy something." And they were like, "Oh, isn't it from India?" And I was like, "What? No, Buddha's oh, from Nepal. Nepal. That was you, Lumpini. Was that you? No, it wasn't. But I, yeah, but I know. I know the Buddha. Oh, okay. I know the Buddha's from Lumpini in uh, <laughs> in in Western uh, Nepal, right? Yeah, yeah, originally. Lumpini, yeah. Lumbini. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I see. Oh, I think Lumpini Lumpini is the name of a Muay Thai kickboxing stadium in <laughs> is Thailand. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was getting confused. But right, the Buddha is originally yeah. from, from where Nepal. Day Nepal is. Yes. And Mocha is acting up now. Yeah, he's like, show me some love. Maybe. Yes. She is. Oh, she. Okay. She is. I did not know it was a she. Probably getting hungry like we are. Ah, okay. So we may have to wrap this up so that we can eat. Otherwise, this poor man who is trying to describe food and drooling everywhere um, and Mocha. <laughs> it's like climbing onto me now. Yeah. What's going on, buddy? Mocha, are you hungry? Starting to like lick my hands and stuff. I see. Exactly. Kind of worried now. Wait, yeah. it's, not gonna, it's not gonna be like, oh, this is food. It tastes like ghost. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've been talking about all the food, and he's like, yo, yo this is gauche to me. Exactly. <laughs> this little Michelin man. Yeah. What's up? So, yes, you said home is wherever it is. Yeah, so. home is wherever it is, man. Home yeah. is now here. Yeah. In your room. In your, yeah, right here. <laughs> that is beautiful. Your podcast room, that's exactly. it. Exactly. Home is at the Space Lab in Da'an, Taipei. Yes. We are broadcasting to you live from outer space with the alien himself. And you have found out the story behind the man, Hanif Wong. I want to thank you very much, Hanif Wong, for coming in today and sharing a bit of your story. Is there anything else that you would like to leave the audience with? Maybe a, a little token of wisdom? Wow. Uh, or, or no, a, man. I was not ready for poem. any of that. Uh, or, 
Yeah, maybe you should have asked me earlier. I might have, uh, I might have uh, made a, uh, done something I'm about it. You on the spot now. Yeah, prepared something. You know, exactly. I would have been like, "Here's my, you know, acceptance speech. Thank exactly. you very much." You know, uh, but now that I don't have anything, it's very tough. But I maybe I will say something. You know, hmm. something I've always been thinking about. Um, you know, growing up in South Asia, religion is a big deal. You know, and I think people's separate people because of you know religion and stuff like that mm. um so i kind of dislike that so yeah i think everyone deserves to love one another regardless if you're religion or religious background or regardless of whatever background you're from you know and that's why i think uh, personally for me i think taiwan is uh, you know uh, is a great country a great place you know that you have the right to love whoever you want to love and mm. get married even right so i think that's Amen. a that's a very big de- uh, step and big deal mm-hmm so, you know, that's why I've always supported such things. Gay rights, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Because I believe people need to, you know, people deserve to love each other. It doesn't matter what religious or, you know, class or whatever background you're from. That's just my view on it. And yeah, it's, it's something I've always had since I was really young. But it was quite odd. There were times when I actually said this to a couple of my friends and they were like quite shocked. And they were like, marriage should be between a man and a woman. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know. You might think that, but then, you know, I'm I'm a different religious religion, I guess. I'm Muslim and, you know, this other girl is not and you can't get married because their families really don't like it or, you know, somebody's family doesn't like it kind of thing like that. So right. there's, there are stories. There's a lot of stories. It's not just me. There's like so many people out there. Definitely. That has, you know, similar stuff. So I think, yeah, why not? You know, you should uh, you should be allowed to love whoever you want. And that's mm. that's fine. Mm. That's fair. Because at the end of the day, that's what life is, right? It's just about the people you love. Exactly. Right? You can't spend the rest of your life hating people. Like, what the heck, man? 100%. Yeah, just end up loving everybody. And then that's and that's the life you want to be looking back on. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people you've loved and all the people that love you. Because that's what you want at the end of the day on your deathbed, ideally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Not sitting in a car sh- screaming at the top of your lungs. Right. In secret <laughs> Nepali foul words. In de- yeah. Exactly. Much better for us to all love each other. Yes. In whatever language. That whatever is the language. Universal language. Yes. Is of the, love. Yes. I love it. Yes. Which, yes. And plug uh, Thor, love and thunder too. Thank you. Thor, love and thunder. It's <laughs> <laughs> random shit. Amazing. Man. That is beautiful. I love you too, Hanif. Thank you, man. I yes. love you too. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, of course. It was wonderful chatting with you and I look forward to doing it again on or off the air. So with that, everyone, please love each other. Be happy. Have a nice life and have a good night. Enjoy your dinner like we will now. Mm. All right. Love yourself. Thank you. Love yourself. All right, everyone. We are out. Peace. Peace.